Um, if we move to the so the only problem is that we need to have space for the bikes to come in and out, right? So we have to keep this clear. So, cute. <laughs> so do you and your friends talk about coronavirus and not and really? Not really, eh? So no. you guys don't talk about it at all? No. We hear it a lot. We're all in this together. What does that really mean? What is social solidarity? I am Madian Andrade, and from the University of Toronto, this is the new normal. I'm always looking for things for the kids to do, and they'd asked me to hang the punching bag somewhere. So I went outside with Glenn to the shed to see if we could find a spot to hang it up. Glenn's 12 years old. I asked if he thought something positive might come out of this. Well, nothing is ever just kept the way it is. It always changes. Social solidarity speaks to our need to work together to get through this. How much of the need to work together will forge in us new tendencies or expectations that will help us in the days to come. So I feel like the people after this is over, people are going to be like, we're going to keep this unity for however, but then it, after like maybe 10 years, it'll crumble. What, so, okay, so that's interesting because we had, I talked to this um, professor named Eric about that this week. Yeah, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out, uh, you know, this solidarity, this, this coming together and whether or not it translates into some sort of political will. This is Eric Schneiderhan. He's a professor of sociology at the University of Toronto, Mississauga. He wrote a book called The Size of Others' Burdens, Barack Obama, Jane Addams, and the Politics of Helping Others. And I was really curious on his take on social solidarity and isolation in the pandemic. You see the pots and pans banging and the, you know, the, the, the singing on the porches, you know, is that, is that going to translate into more real stuff? So I would say for the first time ever, I'm sitting down with and having conversations with my friends, not sitting down with, unfortunately, but simultaneously yeah. at separate computers um, with my friends who are fairly right wing and family members. I have a brother who's CFO of a shipping company and, and he's saying Trudeau's doing a pretty good job. Um, other friends who are really left wing are sitting down and saying Doug Ford's doing a good job. And that's amazing. Yeah. I had that exact conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday. There's almost a sense in which both Trudeau and Ford have kind of grown up, you know, and like they, yeah. they you know, it's not buck a beer anymore, right? This could be the future of the Canadian economy for the next 25 to 40 years, uh, the choices that they're making now. And, and I think they've grown into it a little bit. And that's kind of, I guess that's heartening. It's heartening to see that people can change. I think that's very much the case, that people can grow. You mentioned the, the uh, banging on pots thing. So our neighborhood doesn't really do that. Um, and what we do, yeah. like I left notes on the front steps of a couple of my older neighbors just offering to get groceries or whatever. And there's a lot of people volunteering for those kinds of organizations. It's like people are desperate to do something yeah. in the face of something so huge. We don't do the nightly pots and pans, but my daughter Lily and I are volunteering at the UTSC Food Distribution Center. Melanie, this is my daughter Lily. Hi, Lily. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, so, 
Some of the changes are really important. How are you? And not just the how you doing of the past, where you expected a, oh, I'm fine. But really, how are you? What I'm realizing, and I think some of my friends are realizing, are the limits of social media and to, to feed that, that need to connect with people. For example, there's a group of, of people at my local pub. You know, they would get together. Some of these are, are former uh, Brits, right? And they, they, would, they would have a drink every day and see friends from five, six o'clock. And it's now that's local, gone. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's my local. And, and, it's, and it's really uh, created a gap, a void, particularly for a lot of these people who live alone. Veronica and Joe, it's really nice to see your faces. Hello. We can see Joe's eye. All you have to do to spur Neil on is mention two words, Manchester and city. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks right up. And so the hunger to have a Zoom call, uh, it started with five people. I organized it. And now we had 20 joining in, popping in and out just to chit chat and make a few jokes. Somebody sent me a, a, a little joke uh, the Sorry, other day and it said, That's been wonderful. A colleague of mine sent a video. Oh, well, it was actually a spoken spoken word uh, poetry and part of it was post uh, Raptors win and so I thought oh, it was yeah. really interesting to think about the juxtaposition of that type of social solidarity which was all around this yeah. joyous celebration versus what yeah. we have now which is physically separate but I mean that one like everyone is touching each other and high-fiving yeah. and hugging and sure. you know and actually I cried watching it I was just like I mourn that yeah. you know? I mean, there's, there's certainly going to be memory. We're going to remember this. If you had to predict like um, one aspect of social solidarity that would, that would weave its way through and, re and remain intact on the other side of this, do you think the political solidarity will be maintained? Do you think it will help us be more generous with each other even if we still disagree or? I, I'd like to think so. I think there there is a sense of common cause that we are all just humans at the end of the day. There's a line of theorizing uh, around citizenship and thinking about citizenship as in social terms, not as like, you know, a, a passport or a, a certain set of legal rights, but as a, you know, a, a set of rights uh, you know, to be to be healthy and to get a basic education and to have some dignity. Um, and there's a sense in which I think we're all seeing things stripped down to that. Uh, you know, and maybe because of that, we'll, we'll be a little kinder, a little more open, a little more understanding. We don't know yet what it's going to look like on the other side. But some of us hope that this social conscience continues. While also maybe celebrating the joy and realizing that we just need to laugh. Yeah, definitely. It was remarkable how, uh, well, we had a good weather, I guess, last Friday. It was Sunday yeah. or Saturday. It was Saturday. Might and Saturday. everybody came out on the street and just stood in front of their houses. Yeah. It was just the sun, right? We're and outside and we're soaking it up. In the end, the birds are singing. I think I've been considering this 
in terms of luck. Will the good things survive? And the things that were bad, that have diminished, will they maybe not come back? But it's not luck we need. It's effort. It's consciousness. It's thinking about the things that we want to retain. Social solidarity should be an aspiration and one that we continue to have even when the threat is gone. My name is Madian Andrade, and this is the new normal. <laughs> <laughs>